Before we get started, I want to say thank you to the patrons of the podcast. You can find out more about supporting the show at patreon.com slash diapersanddisciples. This is Diapers and Disciples, episode 75. On Diapers and Disciples, we're talking about living out the Great Commission as a mom. I'm Amber O'Hearn, and today I'm chatting with Kimberly Fries about developing prayer routines with our kids. We talk about praying the rosary, praying with scripture, praying in adoration, and bringing prayers of discernment to our Blessed Mother. I left this chat feeling so encouraged and motivated to start establishing some consistent prayer times with my kids, and I think you will too. Thanks for listening in today. Here's my chat with Kimberly. Hi, Kimberly. Thanks so much for joining me today. Hi, thanks for so much for having me. I'm excited to chat with you. Can you start us off and tell us just a little bit about you, about your work, and about your family? So um, I have three children, uh, seven, five, and one. And I have a wonderful husband who is very into the faith and is very excited to share the faith with our kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm also uh, a Catholic author. So I've written, let's see, nine children's books now. And I have one prayer book for women out as well. So I'm really excited about that. I just started that last year. So that's very wow. new to me. Yes. And I've also just started homeschooling this last year too. So oh my goodness. <laughs> But it's been so exciting and such an adventure um, that I feel like our Lord has been leading our family on. That's wonderful. And you were telling me before this that you just had a book uh, that was released today, actually, the day of this recording. Um, So that's your newest one. And what what is that one called? That one is Girl Saints for Little Ones, Volume 2. So it's... Yes, it's very similar to my first Girl Saints. It has 12 saints in it um, as well. And um, yeah, just new saints, beautiful stories. I'm so excited for little girls and little boys alike to to learn about. That's awesome. I love that. Um, Well, what comes to mind when you think about how you personally live out the Great Commission as a mom? Well, the first thing would really have to be um, with my family, You know, being a mom and reaching out to my children and teaching them about our faith, but also helping them really to have that relationship with God, which, you know, the apostles were so good at and so in fire with that. um, It's really exciting to to be talking about Jesus and to help them to talk to Jesus themselves as well. Um, And with my husband and constantly um, looking at how is your relationship going, honey? You know, how is your relationship with Jesus and and how can I help you get more maybe prayer time in your life and things like that? But then as I look for the future, too, I think it's so exciting as a family to recognize, okay, we have special gifts, special charism as a family, and how can we reach out together? Um, I know when my kids are older, I'm excited to do things like do soup kitchens um, and go to assisted living places and nursing homes and, and finding really what they enjoy and what God's calling them to do. And just being part of that process with them. I love that so much. I love what you said about um, checking in with your husband too and saying, you know, are you taking your prayer to, are you able to get your prayer in and just being on the same page as that? Because I think as sometimes as moms, we get so focused on our our kids that we, <laughs> we forget to mm-hmm. check in with our spouse. So I just love that you mentioned that. And that's a cool idea, the idea of um, a charism as a family, you know, seeing what comes about, what kind of themes are playing out in, you know, each member of your family's lives. And have you felt that already that there's particular charisms that have stood out to you with your, with your family life? Yeah, definitely. Um, my new, my two girls were um, named after Mary 
And so we definitely feel like a huge pull toward Mary and sharing how amazing she is with others. We love the consecration to Mary. It's a humongous part of our marriage as well. Um, and then the other thing is being an author and everything. We love books. Our family loves books. My, my son's named after Thomas Aquinas. Okay. And so I feel like everything kind of wraps up in that. And, and um, it's been really fun diving into books together in our marriage, mm-hmm. um, diving into books together as a family and with individual children. And it's just played such a huge part in our spiritual lives and with our relationships with one another. Mm, I love that so much. That's really neat. So as you mentioned, you've written these uh, children's books, a series of books, and you mentioned um, the Catholic Saints for Girls, and you have one for boys as well. Uh, can you tell me about the other books that you've released? Sure. So basically all my books um, deal with devotional um, activities for kids. And so whether that's the Consecration to Mary, um, my favorite book that I actually have out, I love Consecration to Mary for Little Ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also have like Lexio Divina, Guided Prayer Book, Divine Mercy, Uh, Lots of different books that are going to be a tool for parents so that they don't feel overwhelmed or like, well, how do I, how do I do the consecration to Mary with my four-year-old? You know, I have a a layout that's going to be perfect for their age group. Um, And I tried it on my own children. So it does work. (laughs) They do pay attention (laughs) most of the time (laughs) as much as I can, I can make it be so. So um, it's been so exciting um, to be able to, to recognize that these are topics that are so important for children to learn about, like, especially like the Eucharist. I have a Receiving Jesus for Little Ones book, book out and um, Examination of Conscience for Little Ones. And so um, I hear back from families too about these and say, wow, my kid knows the Ten Commandments now. My kid um, is very excited about receiving their first communion or about starting to go to Mass. Like, this is crazy. <laughs> and I think so much of that is just willing to, to really be on fire for our faith and to be excited to share that with their children and to get resources like this into their hands so that they're exposed to these beautiful devotions that we have. That's great. I think about these big things like the Eucharist, like you mentioned, the consecra- a consecration to Mary, um, even an examination of conscience and taking those ideas and explaining them, bringing it to um, especially our like little ones, you know, like toddlers and and preschoolers and introducing them to these big ideas that, you know, can kind of feel overwhelming to bring about at their age. Um, is there a way that you, you were able to kind of break it down? Like, for example, let's say the consecration, which, um, you know, is even maybe difficult for, you know, adults to understand. How, how were you able to break that down and put that into a book for children? I really got inspired by Father Michael Gately's book, mm-hmm. um, 33 Days of Morning Glory. And I know it's super popular now because it's such a beautiful book. And he really is able to break it down for adults to make it easy for us to recognize what the consecration is um, and how to develop a relationship with Mary. And he brings the saints along with it for their example. Mm-hmm. And so I try to take some of those wonderful ideas that he had and bring it to the child's level. And so I just have a short text every day. Um, that's going to take maybe a couple minutes if you want to read it before bed or another time during the day. Um, there's a saint quote on it, and there is a little prayer at the bottom, just a one or two line prayer um, that you can pray together. And then if you want to add a decade of the rosary or a rosary as a family, that's fabulous too. Um, but then I bring up topics, once again, that are very exciting topics. So Mary is the spouse of the Holy Spirit, but I... I 
bring it in a level that the children are able to understand, like the wording they're able to understand mm-hmm. and how Mary is the queen of heaven. I remember hearing back from one of my customers saying, oh my goodness, my child is so excited that Mary's the queen of heaven. They didn't know that. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> so it's really this, you know, this deep well of our faith that we can dig into and not be afraid to put it at the child's level in short text. You know, so so they're able to take that in and then maybe talk about it or maybe it'll come up in a little later conversation. Um, so and like, for example, too, just um, yesterday I was riding in the van with my my seven year old and she said, um, well, in your new book, mommy, it talks about how St. Gemma, her guardian angel would go do uh, errands for her because she would be too busy praying. <laughs> and she said, well, how do I get my guardian angel to do that for me? You know? So sweet. <laughs> yes. Oh, I love that my child is thinking about this, mm. you know, because it is a reality, you know, it's so beautiful. And so for her to be able to take that moment and reflect on it out of nowhere and then to have a conversation about that, um, it's just, it's such a beautiful thing to be part of. I love that. Even something so short, like a short story or a short um, quote from a saint, something like that. Yeah. Our kids soak in so much and you know, I often wonder, I look at my kids, what's going on in their heads? Um, you know, just them thinking, I'll, I'll see them like lost in thought. Um, I'm just wondering, what are they What are they thinking about? What are they pondering? I, I really love that. So for moms who have a desire to pray with their kids daily, um, and let's talk about maybe especially uh, younger kids, like kids under the age of seven. Um, do you have any suggestions suggestions for moms who maybe don't have a routine established yet, but want to start um, introducing prayer routines with their kids? Sure. So the the first thing I want to mention is um, family rosary time. Mm-hmm. And you know this is talked about a lot, and I think a lot of moms feel just extremely overwhelmed by it. And especially because I think we fail <laughs> a lot mm-hmm. in the family life to, to do it in a consistent manner. Um, and I just want to encourage families that you know, it's okay that our life is crazy sometimes. And it's okay that, yeah, we're trying to get supper going. We have a baby crying and, and, and we still haven't gotten to pray with our child that day. But I think to have that goal in mind, we want to pray a family rosary. How do we make this happen? Sometimes yeah. it's not going to happen. But how can we move things around in our lives to, to try to make it happen as consistently as possible? And so maybe that means like my husband owns his own business now, just in the last month, he started a business. Wow. Yes. Lots of changes. But, and so we're recognizing, okay, if he works less hours, we can get it in. We're not going to make as much money, but, but we can get it in. And um, now with his business, we used to be able to pray the rosary after supper. Mm-hmm. Now he's working then. So we're going to pray the rosary after lunch. Mm-hmm. Um, and so these things that we're recognizing, this is number one in our life and we're willing to sacrifice for that. And then for our children to see that, um, I think it's priceless. Mm-hmm. And so, so yeah, that can be very important. And I also want to mention, um, about bringing our kids to adoration. Mm-hmm. And, um, I had kind of an interesting, um, background, I guess, with adoration. I grew up without adoration. We didn't have it in our parish. But I found out about it and I loved it and I wanted to go to adoration. Um, and so this desire appeared in my heart and um, kept kind of nagging me. And then um, early on in our marriage, we had an adoration chapel close by. So we were able to go there, bring our children there, and they were able to sit there for 
decently long periods of time, maybe, you know, 15 minutes. And by the time my, my seven-year-old now was five, she could sit there for an hour long mm-hmm. reading books and such. So it was so amazing to us. And then we moved for one year without an adoration chapel. And we missed it so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was so hard not to have that. And so we literally decided we can't live here anymore. We need to change careers. We need to move someplace else to have an adoration chapel. Wow. Yeah. So now I'm so now I'm in this groove again of my children don't really know what to do at the adoration chapel. They can't stay very long at the adoration chapel. And but I'm becoming more and more adamant that I need to bring them. Mm-hmm. And so last time I went here, or last couple of times actually, I had my five and seven year old. I had a special bag for them and say, and I said that. Every time we go, there'll be different things in the bag. So once you say your prayers and have a little quiet time with Jesus, you can look in the bag. Mm-hmm. And then I noticed my one and a half year old just wasn't going to have it. <laughs> he just wasn't <laughs> going to be able to handle it at all. And so um, it was really nice, though, because I was able to leave them there, the five and seven year old, and take my one and a half year old uh, outside of the chapel into the church area or outside. And then I would check up on them, on my girls, every five minutes or something just to make sure they were good. Mm-hmm. And they ended up both times praying there for about 40 minutes straight. Wow. And so I was like, apparently there is a way to get them to Jesus. And I think sometimes, again, we just need to prioritize and try out different things that work for our family. Mm. I love that so much. I I was just talking to my husband about this specifically we were talking about the rosary um this week and we were saying um and i i'm so guilty of this when you know when i'm talking to other people and they say like i just i don't have time to do the rosary or the rosary is not like my particular devotion or whatever it is and my husband and i were saying that we felt like families should really make an effort try to pray the rosary every day even if you feel like it's not your particular, you know, devotion because Mary wants us to to pray the rosary and Jesus wants us to love his mother. And um and so I was I was we've been thinking about it a lot because we do try and pray a family rosary and sometimes it's totally crazy, but we just try and um, you know, keep it consistent every day. And I think sometimes I can fall into the habit of saying to other people, like, uh, it's okay if you're not doing that, but I really do think it's super important. And I think it's, um, it's great for families to have that as a goal to pray a family rosary, um, every day. And you're right. It like takes time to get into a routine of things. And I I love what you say about adoration too, because we've kind of gotten out of the habit. We used to live in a place where there were a lot of perpetual adoration chapels. And so it was a little bit easier for us to make a, a weekly holy hour with the kids because we would just, go during a, you know, a time that worked best for us. Uh, but with where we live now, you know, there's certain times for adoration. And so it doesn't always work the best for our schedule. So we've gotten out of the habit of it. And um, uh, a woman in my women's group was just talking about how she really wants to establish the habit of going to adoration and was encouraging us in the women's group, many of us who are moms to to start maybe making that um, a priority as well and inviting us to like join her for her holy hour. And I was just so encouraged by that. And I, I'm encouraged by your words too, of just saying, 
it's something that we can do with our kids <laughs> because people think that it's not something, you know, that we can take our kids to. But I love what you say about, you know, once you get in the habit and now your girls being able to be in adoration for almost 40 minutes, that's amazing. And um, it's good for for me to hear that. And I think it's good for other moms to hear that too, that it's possible. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like you said, with your family rosary time, you know, it's not always like picture perfect. Right. Like, you know, when I say that too, like when, when I pray the rosary with my kids, I hope no one's thinking like, oh, and they're all kneeling there <laughs> before their family altar and they're, you know, perfect. It's like, oh my gosh, good thing you can't see in my house. But, but maybe you should see in my house to realize that it's not, it's not perfect. You yeah. know? Definitely not. But they don't always all pray even, but we're like, okay, my husband and I are like, we're praying this rosary, you know, and someone else is out coloring and someone's, you know, playing with tools, pretend tools and, you know, (laughs) but but we're praying and and we're developing that routine. And I can tell, like, especially my older ones are starting to join in more and they're starting to feel a pride that, oh, this is a special thing that we do together. We're all together. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just mommy and daddy are there too. And it's just a really nice time usually. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And and that's how it goes in our home mostly too, is the, my kids, I have a, a five-year-old and a three-year-old and an almost three-month-old, but the, the three and five-year-old are usually like playing through most of the rosary. And then what we've been trying yeah. to do recently is for the last decade, have them come and just join us for the last decade and like practice with the beads and everything. And, um, that's been great because (laughs) they, you know, have, they are in the same room as us, like play, playing and hearing us pray the rosary and then being able to join us for that last decade to, you know, start the habit has been, has been really neat. Something else, one of your other books, uh, is about Lexio Divina for kids. So I would love to ask you about that. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about Lexio Divina for people who aren't familiar with, with what it is. And then um, how you introduce your kids to, to praying with the Bible. Yeah. Well, Lexio Divina, um, it's a very um, old practice in the church and um, basically it means divine reading. So it's a beautiful way for adults and children alike to really dive into the scripture. So we're able to hear the Lord speak to us in it. And um, basically it's, it has four parts to it. It has, um, you read the scripture, you meditate on it, you pray with it, and you then you contemplate it. And um, I know these steps can feel really overwhelming when you're thinking of like a four-year-old to pray with them or even a 12-year-old to just say, go do Lexio Divina right now. Um, but it, it's really beautiful when you actually, you break down the steps and um, as and I do in my book, I put questions that are really great for that age group. So I might ask, uh, imagine that you're one of the characters in this passage. Uh, how would you feel? What would you want to do? Mm-hmm. Or how do you feel mm-hmm. feel the love of God in this passage? You know, do you feel that he's loving you right now? Um, and so by breaking down these steps and even to the point of saying, read the passage once, you know, now, now think about this. Now think about this. This idea of of being able to follow a process so their use of the process and um also at their age level so that they're able to really break down these questions and it can be such a beautiful thing to do like i said maybe you're going to sit down with your four-year-old do it to do it maybe you're going to do it as a family maybe you're going to give it to your 12 year old to go do lexio divina um, in the room or in the adoration chapel and the 
it's so neat to see what they come up with to these to these mm-hmm. questions because mm-hmm. you're able to really see that oh like god is being to my child like this right now this is what's on my kid's mind mm-hmm. you know to really mm-hmm. dig in a little deeper and maybe even pull out a little more um, that your child's thinking about. And so if they're recognizing, oh, I, I think Jesus is telling me this or that, they will say, oh, good. Yes, he is. Well, what about when you're when you're fighting with your brother the other day? What do you think Jesus would have said about that? Right now, let's, let's talk to Jesus about it and ask him for forgiveness. And then maybe we can do something special for your brother. So mm-hmm. it really just gives that opportunity to work on a relationship uh, with them and the relationship with God. I love that. And and again, going back to like how much our kids soak in that we don't even realize, we were uh, praying a little bit with scripture with our kids. And um, then later, my daughter brought up in a totally unrelated way, something she remembered about Jesus, about the storm and Jesus being on the boat and saying, be still. And the storm was still. And um for me to realize like, wow, that really stuck with her. That impacted her. Even though when we read it and talked about it, it didn't seem like it was something that she was even really like processing or thinking about. Um, But really it stuck with her and I, I didn't even realize it. So the importance of just exposing our kids to the scripture and, you know, giving them a couple questions to think about, even if at that time it doesn't feel like you know, they're understanding it or even thinking about it. Um, we, we don't know how the Lord's working and what kind of impact that's going to have. So I, I really love that. That's, that's such a neat, a neat practice to do with kids. And your other book that you mentioned, The Divine Mercy uh, for Kids, I would love to hear about this as well, because we, we recently, we have a almost three month old now, and her name is Faustina, named after St. Faustina. And so Divine Aww. Mercy is uh, really special to our family. Um, but I'm not yet in the habit of actually even praying a divine mercy chaplet with my kids regularly. So I'd love to hear about how you, um, how you introduce that to your, to your kids. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's been, this book has been so special to me. Um, it's actually the only divine mercy book out for kids on Amazon Mm -hmm. right now which I didn't even realize until it came out. Someone had told me about that. And um, I thought like how neat to be such an awesome part of the mission of Divine Mercy, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. So so really how I lay out the book is I, I tell children about the story of Divine Mercy. Um, I tell them about what Divine Mercy is, which is a very, you know, hefty topic. You know, I think it's difficult to to bring it down to that child's level. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm really hoping that you know, this is a great for parents so that they feel comfortable with that. I talk about the corporal and spiritual works of mercy and the divine mercy hour. But then um, I also, what I really love to do with my books is to tell kids how they have this special mission from God, which they do. It's so true Mm -hmm. um, to spread this devotion, to, to practice this devotion. And it's very similar to my consecration to Mary book where they have an awesome mission from God, from Mary there as well. And then towards the end of the book too, I do go through the chaplet with them. And how I go about doing that is that I actually have a little um, circle. It's about a half inch circle or so. They can put their finger on for every prayer that they pray. 
And my girls just love to do this because they actually, they do it together and they have fingers on each side of the page and they go down together. I don't know. They just really get a kick out of it. Yeah. And then I also have a little meditation for each of the uh, five decades or however you put that. Um, So like for the first decade, it would be Jesus is crowned with thorns. And then I have it at their level. I'll just read a bit of it is imagine the soldiers placing a crown of thorns on Jesus head. The crown was placed on his head to make fun of him because they did not believe that he was a king. They laughed at him and spit at him. So I think it's important to not be afraid to say some of the details so the child's able to fall in love with Jesus, you know, and and feel compassion for him. Um, But at the same time, of course, not putting too many details in there. So you know that you're able to introduce it at a young age. And then the saints, the saint books that you have uh, for boys and girls, are there particular saints? How did you decide on the saints to include in there? Are they ones that are special to your family? Um, well, actually, so um, when I was starting to think about writing books, uh, I thought, well, I don't know how to paint at all. I don't know anything how to do these, these pictures for my books. And so I just went on Etsy. And I looked up some artists that I really liked and actually it was the first one that I looked up. I contacted her, Sue Kuma Johnson, that's my illustrator. Mm-hmm. And, um, and she was really excited to work with me. And other people have said that her books should maybe be in children's books. I've heard that before. Mm-hmm. And so basically all I did was look at all of the pictures that she's already done and then pull up my favorite ones. And use them for the book. It, and so that's how I've been able to get my books out fairly quickly as well. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of them are my favorites. Um, there's been a couple, uh, I suppose there's just been one so far, actually, that I had her make particularly. I had her make Thomas Aquinas for my son. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- that was really the only one that I've chosen so far. So it's been neat working with her and hearing why she painted the pictures um, and working with her, too, because each of the pictures have Catholic symbols in them. And so I kind of get ideas from her. We kind of go back and forth, like, you know, what is this symbolizing? How can I tell the children about, you know, this symbol? And and so um, it's been really neat working with her in that way. Wow, that's so cool. It's neat how uh, this mission was like placed on your heart. You started thinking about it. And I think there's a tendency sometimes for us to, when we feel like God's asking us to do something, to be like, okay, God, I will respond. Just start making things happen for me (laughs) and uh for you actually to go and feel like okay the mission's on my heart and to take the next step to actually seek out an illustrator is so neat and that's just um that's so good to hear because I think sometimes um we we feel a mission for something in particular but we're afraid to you know take that step to actually make things happen um so that's that's neat to hear how that came about and that's just like a beautiful blending that the the saints that she that were particular and important to her and are ones that she, you know she's already done and then for you to be able to go through and see what resonated with you and then selecting those it's just a beautiful blending i think mm-hmm. for the books so very neat well kimberly i'd love to ask you how have you seen the lord at work in your life the last year I know you've had a busy year. <laughs> yes, I know that that is a very like loaded question for me. Um, yeah. yeah. So like I said, kind of with my story with adoration, we've been moving a lot lately. Um, and so my, my husband was used to be a math teacher for about eight years. 
Um, and then uh, we really just needed more money as our children was growing, were growing and we're like, we need a minivan and we can't afford one right now. Mm-hmm. I wasn't working at the time or anything. And so we thought, well, the next step is to become a principal. He had already had his degree and everything. So um, we decided to, to move last May um, so he could be a principal. Um, and then as the year progressed, like so much changed so quickly. Uh, first, we started realizing that he was gone like all the time, sometimes from 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. at night. And we realized wow. this is not working for our family. This is not what he desires either. He wasn't able to pray much or anything like that. We didn't have an adoration chapel in town. And then a couple months into the school year, we really felt called to um, pull our daughter out of school and start homeschooling her, mm-hmm. and uh, which was difficult since he was the principal of the high school. Um, and so we started doing the consecration to Mary, as we always do when we feel like a lot is going on and we don't really know what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then by the end of the consecration, um, we concluded that I needed to make more money. I need to make a side income, I should say, because I wasn't making anything at the time so that he could potentially maybe make a career change. Um, and we came up with this idea of writing children's books. And so it was literally like the day of my consecration that I contacted the illustrator and everything just started going extremely quickly from there on. Um, and then we decided to do our consecration again. Um, so I should say the first consecration was in November. And then we did our consecration again on Our Lady of Lords on February 11th. And it was like the day before we did our consecration, this job opened up for us here in Rapid City, South Dakota is where we're at. And um, and so we're like, okay, that's, I guess, where we're supposed to be because it's our consecration day and that's where Mary's leading us. And we felt oh, so much peace about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, and so that's kind of how we ended up with all of these changes suddenly in our life through the consecration to Mary. So now we're in Rapid City. We live like four minutes from the Adoration Chapel and we're able to go to daily mass. We, my husband and I kind of um, go back and forth. So he'll go to daily mass one day and I'll do the next and so on. Mm-hmm. So yeah, our Lord's been working so quickly. <laughs> I feel like it's like this roller coaster adventure that we've been on. But at the same time, it's been really fun because we know that he's leading us to so many good things and mm-hmm. really um, able to have our vision for what we really desire, which is, which is the Eucharist and which is um, having devotion to Mary. Wow, Kimberly, that is so beautiful. It, it almost brings tears to my eyes thinking about, like, I think this is a probably a particular charism to your family as well. Maybe you have or haven't noticed it, but trust in the Lord, Mm -hmm. because I think that's something that a lot of people struggle with, especially when you have a, um, when you start having kids and your family's growing and, you feel like God might be asking you to make some changes in your life. And that's a scary thing to do um, when you're thinking about, you know, providing for your family and how that, how your changes are going to um, affect, you know, your family as well. But the way that you and your husband just brought things to prayer through Our Lady and then just trusted in the Lord's will and what he was calling, calling you to is really, really beautiful. Um, and it's just, it's good to hear that. I think it's good for me to hear that and good for other moms to hear that too, to, to bring things to prayer and then to just, uh, to trust and to know that the Lord has better plans than what 
what we could imagine. <laughs> he has better plans for us. So that's really neat. Uh, and then what have you been loving recently? Um, well, I'd have to say to kind of go along with that is um, our Adoration Chapel, four minutes mm-hmm. from our road. It's been such an amazing blessing. And it's been interesting because I think when we first came here, our prayer life had really been suffering because we weren't able to do the daily mass and adoration chat time. And I th- felt like we were just kind of hanging on by a thread. Okay. You're, you're taking us to this new life, but I, I just, I want to wait till I get there to really dive into prayer. And I just want to like encourage other moms out there too. Like if you're feeling like, like I was even just a few weeks ago, it was like, I feel like there's so much jumbled up in my life right now. And I don't even know like where to start. And I, I, I maybe even I did go to daily mass where I went to pray and I just felt nothing. Um, it's been so amazing. Like I said, we've only been here for like a month. And when I went to mass this morning, it was like, I feel like I'm finally kind of breaking through that. And I'm finally yeah. feeling like I can focus at mass again and I can like take in prayer time. Like I didn't before I'm able to feel God um, and recognize God in different, th- different ways and different people. Um, I feel also like I'm able to realize, okay, like I love writing my books and I, I, I'm re- able to recognize what kind of books do moms need more? What kind of, what does the world need more? You know, like, what does God want me to do? What's my mission? And I think it's so hard to hear that mission unless we first have that routine in place and we're doing it for a while. You know, God's mm-hmm. able to, Mary's really able to take out those knots, Right. Mm-hmm. And um, so that we're able to hear him. It's been, it's, it's a process, you know, to realize that. Um, but there's just so much hope in it. I love that. That's really beautiful. Um, and then do you have any mom hacks to share or something that's making your life a little easier? Yes. So recently we have had a babysitter come to our house. And in the, the towns that I had previously lived in, there was not even an option of having a babysitter because they're really, really small towns. Mm-hmm. And um, this has been so incredible. We have um, these two girls. Um, they're 14 year old girls and they are absolutely amazing. Um, and they come for two hours a day. So I'm able to like catch up on different chores I need to do and work on my books um, and whatever I need to do at the time, help my husband perhaps. But um, it's been really neat. And I, I actually got the idea from um, Jennifer Fulweiler's book. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. One Beautiful Dream. Um, yeah. So she was called to write a book. And um, she realized that she couldn't like handle it when her, she was taking care of all her kids and carve out that time. And so her husband and her like looked at her budget and worked out a babysitter. And we were like, well, we should do that. If she can, like, why can't we, you know, mm-hmm. like, I should get some extra help. It's like, it's okay to ask for help, you know? And so it's been like really transformative. And, and the surprising thing I think about it too, is that these girls are such awesome examples for my girls. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're like this older sister and like, Oh man, I hope my girls are like them someday. And so it's been really, really good for my kids actually to, to have them in their home. That's so neat. What went into that, um, discernment of real, like feeling called to, uh, maybe make some changes financially and job wise in the life with your family. And then realizing like, okay, I we, we might need some help in order to make this happen. And, um, then figuring out the babysitter thing, uh, for moms who are, you know, trying to figure things out and to see like, maybe 
they are being called to something different in their life, like whether it be a job change or something like that. What, what kind of went into that discernment and making those decisions? Um, well, like I said, the consecration to Mary, I would totally recommend anyone who's feeling like, oh, it's God calling me to do something. I don't know what I'm doing. I feel discontented. Do the consecration to Mary and Mary will line everything up. It will be completely insane. I feel like someday like either I or someone else should write a book about how consecration to Mary is changing people's lives because it's it's like weird things that are happening. You know, like when you think about we do the novena to Saint and you get a, a rose. You know um, how incredible that is. Mary is doing the most insane miracles all the time through this devotion, mm-hmm. um, and I just feel like we can't do enough to spread it because it's so transformative. And I feel like anybody who's done it can will say that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, I want to give like practical advice, you know, because I'm all about practical advice with my books. But I feel like the most practical thing anyone can do is is like grab a copy of 33 Days to Morning Glory. Grab a copy of Consecration to Mary for Little Ones if you have children and want to do it with them. Because it will change your life. It, Mary will do things that you can't do, that you humanly cannot see need. I, I love that so much. And just entrusting our intentions and our worries and our desires to Our Lady and, you know, then stepping back and again, that trust thing where, um, just offering it to our lady, to Jesus through our lady and seeing what doors open and also what doors close, because there've been things in our life as well. Um, my husband and I, where we think, okay, is the Lord calling us to this? And then giving it to God in prayer. And then sometimes, you know, the doors open and sometimes they close and we realize, okay, that wasn't, that's not God's will for our life right now. Um, so I, I love that idea of just bringing it to Mary in prayer and seeing what happens, seeing what doors open and, um, Mm -hmm. and what doors might close. So that's really neat. So Kimberly, uh, where can listeners find your books and your writing? And if they want to connect with you, where do you like to send people? Um, the best place to go is my Facebook page. Um, I also have Instagram as well. So, um, you could find me at my little Nazareth. That's kind of where, um, my, I guess you could say ministry all is, is under my little Nazareth. Um, I also have my little Nazareth.com where you can learn about all my books and, um, they're also just all available on Amazon. So if you search my name or search girl scenes for little ones, they should all pop up there. Okay. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Kimberly, for, for chatting with me. And I, I so enjoyed our conversation. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Let me go ahead and close this in a prayer. Jesus, we, we thank you for the gift of our children, um, the gift of our, our motherhood. I pray that we can realize how great this gift of motherhood is, even amidst the chaos. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us as we introduce our kids to you and as they grow in relationship with you, Lord. We entrust them to you and we entrust our motherhood to you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hi friends, I love how Kimberly shared what the consecration has meant for her and her family, and the ways she's seen the Lord work when they've entrusted big decisions to our Blessed Mother. 
I'm also excited about the idea of reintroducing Eucharistic adoration to our schedule and bringing my kids to sit with Jesus, even if it's just for 10 minutes to start. Thanks for listening in today, friends. You can find the show notes for today's episode at diapersanddisciples.com. Until next time, you all are in my prayers. God bless.